welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Ready to go into the Word today? Going to go to Mark chapter 11 and uh, I want to have a look at this thought, this subject, this text around contagious faith. Uh, have you have you worked it out that sometimes you come into the presence of someone that's carrying faith and enthusiasm and it gets on you? Does it happen to anyone else out there today? Uh, and I think it's the way God designed us to be, that our faith could be contagious. If you look at the story of the lame man that the, the friends brought to Jesus. Remember the house was full. They couldn't find anywhere to bring him into the house where the meeting was taking place. So they dropped him in through the roof. Do you remember the story? It's incredible. Could you, can I just take you there for a moment? That they opened up the roof and lowered him down on the mat to the floor. And the Bible says something really incredible. It says, here he is on the floor. Lame, here's Jesus on the floor preaching to a full room. The friends brought Him along. Like He had no choice really, He just came along for the ride. But the Bible says Jesus seeing their faith, seeing their faith healed this guy, you've got to understand the power of your faith to affect somebody else's life. It's not just for your life, but it is for others. You've got to understand, never underestimate the power of showing up to church with your faith switch turned on. Are you with me? Never underestimate the power of the faith that you have received. And so I want to look at this whole thought of contagious faith and, and maybe bring some plumb lines along the way of the journey that we've gone on over a couple of decades and a bit. Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11 is where we'll start. And it says this, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Oh, I'm hoping that we could have a time standstill moment because I'm only supposed to speak to you for 28.5 minutes. Uh, but I could park on just this first statement. Let the faith of God be in you. Not faith in faith, not the faith of somebody else, but let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever, for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you are carrying something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Oh my gosh. So much there. Don't miss the first part. When it comes to faith, you've got to understand that faith is voice activated. Faith is voice activated. 
as you read the rest of that portion of Scripture, you discover that your heart is the faith muscle. Forgiveness strengthens it. Unforgiveness paralyzes it. If you want to know where faith is, it's, it's not hard to find. The Bible says very clearly, we're going to look at the portion of Scripture soon, but the Bible says very clearly concerning faith, nobody has to go up into heaven to get God and bring Him down here. No one has to go to hell and bring Him up from there. The Bible says very clearly that the faith of God is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. And the key thing about mountain moving faith, it is simply supernatural, but you can often miss the power of just lining up heart and mouth. And then it goes on to say that concerning faith, when you are standing praying, there are two subjects in this text, faith and prayer. And faith is not about praying as much as it's about saying. And that's where we went off track a number of decades ago in the church where it became a blabber and grab it kind of faith instead of an authentic faith that actually was growing out of the faith muscle of the heart, but activated and released by what we say out of our mouth. Let me say it to you this way. It's not possible to be a negative, worrying, concerned believer and be flowing in the zone of faith. I know the circumstances around about you are tough. I know what you're going through right now. I know it's tough coming out of Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land. I know there's a whole lot of pressures around about you, but you've got to line up your mouth with your heart concerning the things of God and speak the right things. But you just, you're just into the power of positive mental attitude. No, it goes way beyond that. I'm not a public speaker this morning. I'm a preacher breaking through the atmosphere with the Word of God and the Gospel piercing darkness. There is a difference. I'm no way qualified to be a public speaker, but there is this qualification of God that comes by grace that says I can preach the Word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and today you will get infected with a spirit of faith that comes from God. I received that applause for myself, that's decent enough. (laughs) But if you're going to give it to God, do it well. So when the next opportunity comes, don't applaud for me. Do it for God and do it well, yeah? Yeah. Because it just does settle something in the atmosphere. Let's go to the Scripture. I think it's in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 6. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In your heart and in your mouth. Faith is taught and caught. I pray that you catch it today and don't just hear it. Faith grows and increases with use. Faith quenches fiery darts, it moves mountains, it slays giants, it opens prison doors, it speaks to the storms, it raises the dead, it opens blind eyes, it heals the sick, it gives sight where there seems to be no sight, it delivers from hell, it stops lions in their tracks, it defeats armies, it cancels debts, it pleases God, it's the substance of things hoped for, it 
Mischiefs Mountains. I think anyone that's on an authentic journey of faith towards the Kingdom of God and anyone that's walking with God, we all want the same thing. We want to please God. Correct. Otherwise, what are we doing here? We want to please God with our lives. And there's a whole bunch of things you can do to please God. I think it's pleasing to God when you're nice. What a thought. I'm trying to embrace it. Uh, it, it's pleasing to God when you, uh, you're a good steward and you look after your resources and you manage those things well. It's pleasing to God when you're, you're, you're forgiving and, and all those things. But the Bible says there's one thing. You can do all these other things that are pleasing, but if you don't have this one thing, it's impossible for you to please God. Can I remind you that, that, that God says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you can be doing all these other peripheral things, but the central thing is this. Faith in God. Jesus makes the statement when He says, He says, when I come back. He, he doesn't say, when I come back, will I really find charity on the earth? When I come back, will I really find great technology on the earth? When I come back to the earth, will I really find people in church worshipping? He doesn't say that. He says, when I come back, will I really find faith? the kind of faith that is persistent, the kind of faith that just will not give up. He was referring to a woman in prayer and in her prayer time and in her seeking of favour towards the King, he was, she was not getting favour, but she would not give up. She was relentless. She was persistent in her pursuit of God breaking through on her behalf. And so today, more than anything, I believe God wants us to sit in a zone where we can be infected with a spirit of faith that is faith in God alone. It's the God kind of faith. It's the faith that believes and therefore speaks. It's the faith that allows the Word of God to go so deep into the heart that it changes everything. I believe faith is the game changer. And so I thought I'd just land with a few confessions today of contagious faith that over honestly, 31 years of following God and doing the whole journey. We go through seasons and cycles in church and whether we want to or not, whether we do it consciously or unconsciously, there's some, there's some fads that come in. There's some things that we kind of pursue for a while and go, oh, I looked at the fruit on the tree, I should have looked at the tree first and are you with me? And so here's some things that have remained over the last 31 years, but also throughout Scripture, there are some confessions of faith that have just never left because they are central, they are essential. They are what you need to continue to stay in a place where you're building a faith that can move mountains, a faith that will slay giants, a faith that even if the mountain is not conquered and the giant is not slayed, you'll be able to live above the circumstance of that because of the faith that's gone on the inside. And here's the first one, are you ready for it? Here's the first confession of faith that I just cannot let go of. It pops up out of my spirit because I put it in there over the years and it just remains. And here it is, it's really basic, but oh my gosh, it is the game changer. I have been saved by grace through faith. I have nothing to brag about. I didn't earn it. I've come to the realisation that salvation is received, it's not achieved. 
and you move into religion the moment you think you have achieved your salvation. It has not been achieved, it has been received. I'm building now on that which has been received. I'm living through what has been received. But I wanna tell you, it did not happen because I met up to some standard. I didn't tick all the boxes that needed. In fact, I ticked all the boxes that meant I should have been damned to hell, lost forever. Nonetheless, I have been saved by grace through faith. And grace is not just the unmerited favour of God. Grace is God's willingness to provide His power on my behalf. And so I get into a situation where I don't qualify and I'm not experienced enough and I'm not ready. But listen, friend, when will you ever really be ready? Fall pregnant, have the children. You'll never be ready. Oh, I'm just going to get the financial answer down. Yeah, righto, whatever. See how that goes for you. When will I be ready? Step out and launch into the business. I don't know, I don't know everything about it. Step out, start. You'll have to learn. There'll be some late nights and some early mornings, but you'll work it out along the way. When will you ever be ready? God will give you the ability to do it. Salvation is received, not achieved. First confession, I encourage you, Ephesians 2, 8, I'd encourage you uh, to write these Scriptures down, to get these on lock and just build them into your own world. Because actually what I'm saying to you today, there's a whole bunch of things over the three decade journey of faith that I've looked at and pursued and taught and, and tried to live out of, but these things remain. I am saved by grace through faith and everything in life flows through the faith zone. Carolyn in our prayer meeting this morning was talking about this. We hadn't exchanged notes, but she read from a Scripture that says, the grace that I've received, the faith that I've received, I now live. I'm, I'm living out of that which I have received and that's how it works. It starts with what God has given us. God starts with the harvest, not with the seed. God starts with the night, not with the day. It's a mind shift. It's a complete change in perspective. Second confession, and this is not in any order, but this is very relevant in my world, in my family over the, the last kind of season. Here, here it is, it comes from 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. It's, and it simply says this, I just say this all the time, Jesus was whipped and I am healed. And that's a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a spiritual, it's wherever the healing is need, needed. I love how it says it here in 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds, you are healed. Do you realise your body responds to the spoken Word of God? Do you realise that your body will respond to the spoken Word of God. Faith is voice activated. You know, we're so used to today saying, hey Siri, search this for me. And away goes Siri and searches something for you. Today we have a lot of faith in this. A lot of faith in that. But, but, But I wanna tell you that you've got the original Siri app in your hands and it's been put into your life so that the thing that needs to be activated in you can be activated. I love that song, one of the songs we're singing this morning that we're, we're activating the passive. 
Hello, that's a word for us. And you can do that and you can be the kind of person that walks around with this contagious God kind of faith that activates people that are passive, that activates people that are in this latent zone that had the potential, but they haven't been woken up in the deal. And so you've got to understand that your body responds to the spoken Word of God and you can't move beyond that realm. Faith is not enough just when it's in your heart. I have this private, I have this private faith, Pastor. It's personal. You know, well, it's got to move from personal to public. And the way that happens is when you begin to speak it out of your mouth because your your life right now is moving at a rate of knots towards your most dominant thought. And you can't change thoughts with thoughts. You change thoughts with words. And as you begin to speak out the promises of God, as you begin to speak out faith words, faith-filled words, your life will begin to move into that direction. The third confession comes from Psalm 23 and verse 6. And it simply says this, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You're gonna find yourself walking around saying, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You're driving down the road, you're worried, you're concerned, you're anxious about the certain thing that's gonna happen and it's probably never gonna happen, but your mind has got you to a place where it's locked on. Oh no, it's all going to mud. It's all going to deep meters. It's all gonna fall apart and you can just simply speak out of your mouth. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. And you'll find other words begin to flow out of you. I'll be in the right place at the right time talking to the right people. God is setting things up in my favour. I have an unfair advantage in this situation. God is causing me to get involved in the things that prosper and lead towards hope. Goodness and mercy. Would you do this with me? Can we go old school for the next 10 minutes? Old school rules. Put your hand on your heart. Say this with me. I have been saved by grace through faith. Something happens then, don't you think? Is it just me? When I put my hand on my heart and speak out, I seem to connect with the core of who I am. I have been saved by grace. Through faith. You ready for the second one? Can you do this with me? Say this with me. Jesus was whipped and I am healed. With uh, Roman's journey over the last 18 months, whatever that was, apparently I was pretty in the face of my family in the first 24 hours of us getting the news and I would not allow them to speak certain things. And... uh, I guess that's how it was. That's what people tell me. But I knew very clearly that the enemy uses words. And words can either be shields of faith or fiery darts. But in that first 24 hours, I said, we got got 24 hours to, to make a united decision on where we stand. And from that moment forward, Speak nothing less, pray nothing less. And I said, number one, posture of faith. We're gonna, we're gonna stand with a posture of faith. Number two, that faith flows out of understanding the character of God. Not 
understanding our preferences, but the character of God. God didn't send this thing, He'll use it, but ultimately He's gonna lead us forward in victory. There is a posture of faith, there is the character of God, and then there is the promises of God. That's where our work begins. We just begin declaring the promises of God. And it's easy to communicate to children, uh, to, to adults, but when it comes to children, when it came to Roman, I, had, I said, God, I've just got to find the simplest and most faith-filled statement that I can sow as a seed into this little guy's heart. So I would go there and say, Roman, I want you to remember this. Jesus was whipped. You were healed. Can you say that? Yeah, I can say that. And he would say, Jesus is whipped and I am healed. Now, at any moment, I can walk up to him and say, Roman, Jesus was whipped. And he'll just come back and say, and I am healed. He was off for a test recently this week and mum was a little anxious and he could pick up on it. And he just turned to his mum and said, it's okay, mum, God's got this. But you've got to know that we, we are the ones that look after the CPU of our life, the central processing unit of the heart. And we are the ones that feed it the signals that reproduce what comes out of it. And so faith input, faith output, fear input, fear output. You've you got to understand that we are the ones that look after that. Concerning healing, you're not responsible for the hurt that came into your world, more than likely. You're not responsible for the abuse, but you are responsible for the ongoing condition of your heart. In other words, you are responsible for the healing. Be healed. I have been saved by grace through faith. Jesus was whipped and I am healed. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Number four, Philippians 4 and verse 19. This same God... This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I've come to the understanding that creation is teeming with abundant supply for every need. And so my confession of faith is my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches. Not according to my cleverness, not according to the economic climate that we're in, but my God shall supply every need. My God shall supply every need. My God shall supply every need. My God shall supply every need according to His riches, not according to your family background, your salary, according to His riches. He is able what if the game-changing day is this week for you? What if the game-changing year is this year for you? And all God requires for you to do is put that faith in your heart and let it be spoken out of your mouth. Number five, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to have this on lock. I've put the Scripture references there. They're up on the screen. But Romans 8.37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You are hardwired for victory. 
You're a, you're a champion waiting to be manifested in this world. You are able, you're able to do way above, way above what you have set the limit at. When we talk about mountains today, most people's mountains are in their mind. If you can break through the limitation of the mind by the power of God's Word, you can break through into that victorious zone. I can. Come on, put your hand on your heart. Say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm hardwired for victory. Eh, It's a little corny, isn't it? Who cares? It changes everything. You know what happens when you go into a judicial moment and you have to give evidence? They want you to put your hand on a book or your hand on your heart. There's a reason for that. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. I cannot boast. I cannot boast. Final one, are you ready for it? Genesis chapter 12. On Friday night, I was asked to speak at a camp the other side of the city, kind of South Geraldton, actually. (laughs) It's a long way away. And uh, I left early thinking, oh, long weekend traffic, and uh, got there early because the traffic was all going this way and I was going that way. And um, got in there prepared. I was like ready to go. Walked into the hall, got there before the host pastor got there and just before the, we're about to start, the host pastor come along, we're having a chat, standing up in the back of the hall. And in walks one of his faithful committed members over the last 10 years, straight up to him and got in his face and started rebuking and uh, I wouldn't give him a chance. And I'm just standing there going, dude, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I'm going to like armbar you or something. And, and, and then I just began to speak and told him to, in a Christian loving Jesus way, pull his head in. <laughs> Pastor was saying nothing. He was like shocked, paralysed. Told, told me later he was very scared that he was going to punch him. I said, Pastor, that wouldn't have happened. I would have got in there first and boom. <laughs> I would have been so like Jesus. So like Jesus. And I was thinking, oh, far out. This is a pretty tough gig, this pastoring thing. I thought, I've had a few bad days. This guy's having a really bad day. And then we're up there in worship for song. And I could, he's, I could just feel him. He's just like, his balloon has popped. It's got no air in it. I'm there like, oh, this worship's great. Yay. And I could feel. So I just turned and began to pray for him. And it felt like the wind of God came back in. And I thought about this in relation to the Scripture because too often we see things from the natural and not from the supernatural. Too often we forget what Jesus said and what the Word says. The Word says, strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. And often the striking's not coming from out there. It's coming from a closer proximity. And thank God we don't have any of you here today who vetted you out and sent you to other places. Uh, 
out of doubt. No, forgive me, Jesus, Father, forgive me. But this scripture here is a is a scripture for all of us because it's not just church leaders and pastors that come under pressure in that area. This is what God says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. He was saying it to Abraham, who is, by the way, our father of faith concerning Scripture. This is what it says. God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. In fact, seeing we're doing old school today, Let's just go to Genesis 12 and read the previous verses as we land. Is that okay? Which was the sneaky cue for the romantic music players to come. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you, Abram, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. It's a promise to Abraham, for goodness sake. And you can follow the thread all the way through into Galatians, into the New Testament and discover that the promises of Abraham are our inheritance in Christ. Like it's your legal right spiritually speaking, for you to be blessed to the point where God makes you famous. It's not not like fame is out of bounds for the believer. Self-fame is, but God initiated, God activated, God door opening fame is yours. But He says, I'm not gonna just make you famous. I'm not just gonna make your name great. But out of that fame and that elevation, you're going to be a blessing to everyone you come in contact with. You're not, that was a bad thought. Uh, You're not going to become famous so it can just all be about you, Kardashians. That was a bad thought. I just thought I should tell you the bad thought I had. I'm not going to make you famous for your own good. I'm going to make you famous so that you can be a blessing to everyone you come in contact with. God blesses me, but He blesses those who bless me. Those who don't, God takes care of. How liberating is that? So I'm thinking about my pastor friend on Friday night and I was like, I was just the answer to that promise in that moment. He said to me, lady, he said, because I actually apologise for Button in, he says, Don't apologize. He says, I didn't know what to do. He says, and I actually thought I was going to get hit. I didn't know what to say in the moment. He says, This thing has been consuming me for the last two days. I was concerned that something like this was going to happen. Maybe you weren't here to preach tonight. Maybe you were just here to be there for that moment. But then it was such a great, tough meeting. And at the end of the meeting, 23 people responded to Christ, for goodness sake. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.